0: Welcome ladies and gentlemen who might be listening today across all dimensions and frequencies and wavelengths and harmonic convergences to the Mental Pop Podcast brought to you by Primordial Productions. My name is Mad and I'll be your host today and as I release this episode today it is 12022021 which is a palindrome Uh, so be sure to do something a little extra interesting on this day of 12022021. And I'm pretty sure, barring any unforeseen circumstances that require another episode, um, that this episode that you're listening to right now, which happens to be episode seven, will be the final episode of Mental Pop for 2021, and the final episode of season one of this little podcast. There might be a bonus episode before the year's end, uh, but just in case there isn't, welcome to the final episode of 2021, and what a fucking year it has been. And speaking of this little podcast... I'd like to note that I created 11 episodes uh, with content at over 15 hours, of which the adventure began in March of 2021 and was a program called Conspiraporn. Uh, before I changed the format up a little bit with a new Facebook page and a website called Mental Pop, which can be found at www.mentalpop.space. And I started the Mental Pop podcast back in September of 2021. Uh, so I've actually done 18 of these podcasts over the past year uh, with about 30 plus hours worth of original content, but who's counting and who cares? Uh, seriously, producing these podcasts uh, has been a positive experience in terms of my own education uh, for myself and the organization of thoughts and as a creative outlet, uh, but getting people to listen in has been a bit like pulling teeth. Uh, I'm just one dude. I work a 40-hour-a-week regular job. And I don't really want to delve into TikTok and YouTube and attempt to keep a half dozen social media pages updated every day. uh, Nor am I trying to make money off of this uh, right now. And maybe that's a mistake that I'm making, because if I was making some money, uh, maybe I'd be more motivated to whore myself out to a half dozen social media pages. Uh, But again, this is meant as a free educational uh, resource. If for nothing else, than to better educate myself and serve as a... I guess a bit of a weekly therapy session where I can speak some of my mind and get a little bit off my chest. So I'm not sure if these podcasts absolutely suck or if they're actually pretty professional and informative. Because aside from a handful of people online, most of the feedback I've gotten over the past year have been from my growing army of imaginary friends. Personally, I think the Mental Pop Podcast is somewhere between being pretty cool and well-made and informative and being kind of lame and a waste of time. But I'm going to keep putting these out uh, for the immediate future anyway, and keep updating the mentalpop.space website, and keep updating Mental Pop 31 on Facebook, which I hope you'll check out uh, until they ban me again uh, for community standard violations. i also be putting out a new mental pop zine uh, next year, early next year, because it seems like something that I need to be doing. Uh, regardless of instantaneous feedback, reward, or becoming a celebrity on Instagram. As Andy Warhol is uh, famous for stating, in the future, everyone will have their 15 minutes of fame. I haven't gotten mine yet, so I guess I have that terrible achievement to look forward to someday. Anyway, folks, welcome to what is likely the final episode of Season 1. Like I said, I might put out a bonus episode before New Year's. Once again, be sure to check out all the archives and my little blog at www.mentalpop.space. Stay tuned for all new episodes coming with Season 2 in January of 2022. Holy shit. 2022. It wasn't so long ago that the year 2012 seemed far off. Not to mention the year 2000. I'm old as hell, apparently. I'm 42 years old, so I distinctly remember uh, consuming Nostradamus and Edgar Cayce books, among other prophecy books during the 1990s thinking that the year 2000 seems so far away, and then spending the next decade thinking that 2012 and the Mayan Apocalypse seem to be in the distant horizon. And now here we are in 2021, soon to be 2022, and we're dealing with some extremely crazy shit, aren't we? While there's a whole lot of division and political division among our opinions and our stance on certain issues, it's kind of comforting as well as terrifying to think that we're all dealing with the same extremely crazy shit right now. We're all in the middle of a global phenomenon, which is raising questions and exposing our notions in regards to a world economy, human psychology, our trust in science and our trust in the media, our trust in the pharmaceutical industry, the Great Reset, and yes, the New World Order. There are mass protests of millions of people around the world And people are waking up daily around the globe and speaking up and raising their voices. And it might be a minority compared to those who are merely following directions and orders and going along with the Great Reset and the New World Order. We might be a minority compared to the compliant and the complacent and the subservient. But I think that our apathy, our apathy as a human species is hopefully fading away. We are prying open our third eyes And that can be a very painful and rather terrifying experience for some people. This might sound sensational or extremist, and I'm not saying this from a religious standpoint, but it indeed seems that we are living in the revelation period, or the great revealing. Or if you'd rather call it the apocalypse, that too means to uncover or to take the cover off of something in order to reveal it. Folks, one way or the other, uh, if we're in a minority or not... It definitely would not be hard to argue the fact that we are indeed seeing a revelation and an apocalypse taking place all around us. At least for those of us who are really analyzing the evidence and doing the research and not just trusting the mainstream narrative.
1: It's a new morning in America. Fresh, vital. The old cynicism is gone. We have faith in our leaders. We're
0: optimistic
1: as to what becomes of it all. It really boils down to our ability to accept. We don't need pessimism. There are no limits. <laughs> it takes two to do something like this. Our nation, our ideals, Ugh. of vision. Excuse don't want me. To just survive.
2: You know, you look like see. the head fell in the cheese dip back in 1957.
1: You, <gasps> <sighs> you're okay. This one ugly oh you see i take these glasses off she looks like a regular person doesn't she huh put them back on formaldehyde face that's what that's we got that's enough out of you
2: you get out or I'll call the cops call the cops you know what you need you need a brazilian
0: plastic sword. i've got one that can see And I never wanted this to be a News of the Week format uh, program, Uh, but what do we just simply have to talk about this week? Well, like you, I'm sick and tired of COVID news, uh, but we can't help but to have to bring up the terrifying and deadly and surging and rampaging new COVID variant uh, they are calling Omicron. Sounds very frightening, doesn't it? Like the the name of a transformer, Omicron. (laughs) Anyway, off the bat, a few notable things about Omicron. Uh, Omicron is the 15th letter of the Greek alphabet, and the WHO, or the World Health Organization, decided to skip a few Greek letters of the alphabet, including Xi, uh, which happens to be the first name of Xi Jinping, who happens to be the president of the People's Republic of China. The WHO said that they didn't want to offend the Chinese president or Chinese people named Xi, so they skipped a couple letters of the Greek alphabet and went for Omicron. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Doesn't it sound kind of like a politicizing, politicizing COVID? I mean, I completely understand why they wouldn't want to call it the China virus. But we skipped letters just so as not to offend the president of China. To be noted here, uh, to in a rather humorous turn of events, Omicron <laughs> is actually an anagram of the word moronic. So now all I see and hear is moronic uh, when I read news articles on this new variant because I think you would have to be kind of moronic to still be falling for any of this bullshit. And in a twist of irony that is surely just coincidental and couldn't possibly be a conspiracy at all, at the beginning of November, uh, just two weeks before Omicron was detected, uh, Israel had a viral war game uh, that is a war game focused on fighting a hypothetical new COVID variant that was vaccine-resistant and targeted children. And that just happens to be what we're hearing about right now with the Omicron variant. Um, that is possibly uh, stated to be vaccine-resistant and more easily transmissible through children. And, of course, it would be just a conspiracy to think uh, that this is going to be used as more propaganda to get every child under 18 vaccinated. There's nothing at all suspicious about Israel holding a war game uh, to fight a hypothetical new variant that was vaccine-resistant and targeting children just two weeks before a new variant actually emerged that seems to do just that. Surely it's just a kooky conspiracy theory And guess what? Uh, Israel called this. They called it the Omega Exercise. And what is Omega? But the final letter of the Greek alphabet. But Omega is the uh, final letter, and the word literally means great O. O being mega, or meaning great. Um, As opposed to the lowercase o, which is omicron. Which means little o, or o-micron. Micron meaning little. And my, oh my, oh my, we sure keep hearing a lot of talk about possible outbreaks and terrorist attacks involving smallpox a lot lately too, haven't we? And y'all make no mistake, we are in the middle of a mass terrorist attack, as well as the most insidious and disgusting psychological operation and psychological warfare campaign in the history of the human race. Anyway, the South African uh, Botswana variant Omicron it's stated to have an unusual and even shocking number of u- mutations and spike proteins. And some scientists theorize the new variant actually came from a person who might have been infected with HIV. And the virus mutated uh, even further when hitching a ride uh, inside of a person with HIV. <clears throat> this is very strange considering that in April of 2020, in a highly significant development, uh, Professor Luc uh, Montagnier, uh, the French scientist who shared his... Uh, who shared in the 2008 Nobel Prize for Medicine for discovery of the human immunodeficiency virus, HIV, added his voice to those who believe that the new coronavirus was created in a laboratory. Interviewed on the C News Channel in France, uh, Montagnier asserted that the virus had been designed by molecular biologists, stating that it contains genetic elements of HIV, he insisted its characteristics could not have origin uh, originated naturally in nature. <clears throat> so, okay, Professor uh, Montagnier compared COVID to HIV last year, saying that he believed COVID was created in a laboratory, and now we have this new Omicron variant that some scientists believe mutated inside of a person with HIV. And, of course, Professor uh, Montagnier uh, was then thoroughly debunked and discredited after making these controversial statements when he claimed that COVID-19 contained elements of HIV and that it could only have been created in a laboratory. At least they attempted to discredit and debunk him. Uh, But that doesn't change the fact that he won a Nobel Prize in medicine uh, just a decade ago. Jury's still out on whether or not we can easily uh, discredit Professor Moncadier, but the whole Fauci and NIH connection to the funding of Wuhan on gain-of-function of bat coronavirus research and the fact the first reported cases of COVID-19 came from within 20 miles of the world-famous Wuhan lab of virology, that surely, that surely is suspicious, isn't it? I mean, wouldn't you say? I mean, simply using Occam's razor here, folks, what makes more sense? Uh, that COVID emerged from a person uh, eating a bat uh, in a wet market somewhere? Or that it might have, uh, I don't know, originated at this world-famous uh, virology uh, Wuhan, you know, institute that... Experiments on gain of function research for coronavirus. It was within twenty miles of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So we're believing that within twenty miles of this world famous Institute of Virology, that COVID sprang up independently from a wet market bat that somebody ate. Does that make more sense than it just might have leaked either accidentally or purposefully from the Chinese lab that specializes in coronavirus and gain of function research? Does it make a lot more sense that hundreds of millions of people around the world became infected from some bats being eaten in a wet market? Or does it make a lot more sense that this was created in a lab and it's a viral outbreak that is still supposedly mutating? Or at least new mutations are being strategically released whenever they need a new news headline or a distraction and a reason to enforce uh, all these police state tactics and sell more vaccines I mean, you really got to ask yourself what makes the most logical sense when thinking about a wet market within 20 miles of the Wuhan lab of virology or the highly transmissible disease coming from the lab itself. The lab which Dr. Fauci, as well as the World Health Organization, has protected from the start of all this mess and which Dr. Fauci, through the NIH, donated millions of dollars in grants for research on coronavirus. And yes, Dr. Fauci, even though he tries to be deceptive and skirt the issue, they funded the funding of gain of function research. I like to refer to Dr. Fauci as Nas, Nas Fauci Ratu because he reminds me of some little weasel plague carrier who's addicted to blood and was dredged out of his coffin to be the government spokesperson for vaccines. Nas Fauci Ratu, uh, he recently stated that he was the science, and to question him was to question science itself. And it was dangerous. It was a dangerous thing to question Dr. Fauci because you're questioning science. Nos ratu uh, was also recently stated that Americans needed to stop thinking about it so much and just go get their booster shots. A man who claims to be the face of scientific integrity, but he's telling Americans to just stop thinking about it and to go get vaccinated. And did somebody mention Bill Gates? Well, yes, I did. I just mentioned Bill Gates. Yes, Bill Gates has donated tens of billions of dollars to the World Health Organization. is the second largest sponsor to the World Health Organization. He's obsessed with vaccines and everyone getting vaccinated. He's been on the forefront as a supposed leading expert on COVID-19 since his very emergence in December of 2019. Likewise, Gates has also donated tens of millions and hundreds of millions uh, to organizations full of the so-called experts like John Hopkins University and the CDC. Gates has donated tens of billions to the WHO, John Hopkins University, and the CDC, all three of which, by the way, are considered to be the supposed leading experts on COVID stats and facts and figures and health recommendations. And new documents show as well that Bill Gates has paid over $300 million in the past year to media outlets in order to promote his own global health agenda. Do me a favor. Uh, Do a quick Google search or go to DuckDuckGo or whatever your search uh, engine preference is uh, and type in who is the most powerful doctor in the world. Spoiler alert, uh, the first news articles to pop up are on Bill Gates. Bill Gates, who is not a doctor, is considered the most powerful doctor on the planet due to his tens of billions of dollars in donations and advertisements uh, to health organizations and media outlets. And do me another huge favor, too, and I know we're jumping around a little bit here, but do some deep research uh, on the Great Reset, which is being promoted by the World Economic Forum, as well as Event 201 and the UN's Agenda 21. And for those of you out there uh, who might be listening and you haven't already educated yourself on these topics, and I'm not going to go into uh, this information again because we've discussed it on several previous episodes of Mental Pop, but for those who are newcomers, Please feel free to do some honest and deep research in the World Economic Forum's Great Reset, as well as Event 201, which was sponsored by Bill Gates and the World Economic Forum, as well as the UN agenda, uh, UN's Agenda 21, as all three of these things tie heavily into what we're seeing taking place right now on the world stage with COVID and lockdowns and vaccine mandates and strong arming by the medical mafia. Now, I'm definitely not saying that Bill Gates is the mastermind of, behind everything taking place right now. I'm definitely not saying that. I firmly believe he's just a player and a middleman to this New World Order Great Reset. But to ignore the money and influence of mega-billionaire Bill Gates, uh, that would be foolish. There are too many threads and connections between everything that's going on right now to completely ignore Bill Gates. You know what else is suspicious? The fact that within 24 hours of the announcement of the new Omicron... (laughs) variants, uh, the stock market plummeted with the news, while stocks in Pfizer and Moderna drastically increased with the announcement of this new variant. Yes, the big pharmaceutical companies continue to have record-breaking profits. The only thing surging upward more than positive infection rates are the profits and stocks of huge pharmaceutical corporations. And we've talked about all of this in previous episodes as well, and it's kind of like beating a dead horse. Uh, but consider this. Uh, Pfizer's profits this year, nearly $40 billion of it came solely from COVID vaccines. And to put that into perspective, uh, that's almost as much as their entire profits from 2020, which was utilizing its entire portfolio of drugs and medications. Yes, that's right. Pfizer has made as much profit in 2021 just from the COVID vaccines alone as their entire profits from last year, which included sales of all of their other drugs combined. And not to leave out the likes of uh, Moderna. And consider this. This year, for the first time, Moderna broke into the Forbes list of richest companies. And in 2020, their stocks were selling for a mere $19 a share. While this year, as of right now, in 2021, their stocks are now selling at around $330 a share. It really can't be said enough that annually... The pharmaceutical industry on whole spends about $30 billion on media advertisements, which includes hundreds of millions or even billions of dollars in payouts to doctors and scientists in order to endorse their products. And they also spend tens of millions of dollars in political lobbying and campaign contributions. The pharmaceutical industry is the largest media advertiser and largest political lobbyist on the planet. The made a profit of over $1.5 trillion, that's $1.5 trillion annually, half of which of that uh, $1.5 trillion uh, in revenue comes just from the United States and Canada. We've mentioned this so many times on the program, but I don't think we can say it enough. The United States and Canada combined only makes up about 6% of the total global population, but it accounts for half of all pharmaceutical sales and profits we are the most medicated, mentally ill, depressed, hypochondriac nation on the planet. And Big Pharma pumps in $30 billion a year in advertisements just to get us to take more prescription drugs and antidepressants. <sighs> so it's not hard to connect some dots with all of this. It's not conspiracy. It's facts. And anybody who has any critical thinking abilities or the ability to consider things logically and rationally and not with the mindset of a toddler can see what's really happening with all this and these continued variants and this continued push for booster upon booster upon booster and mutation upon mutation to fight against something with a damn near 99% rate of survival. I don't have a lot of sympathy for people who aren't at least asking questions about all these shady connections and questioning who is really benefiting from all of this. And speaking of questioning, a news item that barely got any attention over the past week or two. Is that a group of doctors and scientists uh, asking the FDA for transparency regarding adverse and negative side effects to the COVID vaccine. Uh, They were told by the FDA to give them 55 years to collect the data and release the information. Yes, a group of doctors and scientists asked the Food and Drug Administration for transparency in regards to bad side, uh, side effects from COVID vaccines. And the FDA, in return, is asking for 55 years in order to collect the data and release the evidence. There's nothing, nothing suspicious about that at all, is there? Yes, we'll all just wait until the year 2077 to know for certain what negative impacts the vaccines could have had on adults and children across the United States. They are milking this cash cow for all it's worth with no liability for adverse effects. Breakthrough infections, heart attacks, strokes, blood clots, Bell's palsy, and a whole lot of other ailments that are being uh, reported but swept under the rug, basically. I don't care how you look at it. We are the experiment. They have supposedly fully vaccinated billions of people, and they won't stop until all of us have been vaccinated and submitted and get a new dose every six months uh, when a new variant emerges and get our vaccine passports. And it's all too obvious the true intents and purposes and motivations behind all of this is control and power. The Great Reset. The ushering in of a new world order of endless fear and division and surveillance and the new normal. Where people will think it's totally fine to get a microchip implant and live in a cashless society where we own nothing and free speech is no longer allowed. And some folks will keep telling themselves this is all just crazy, wacky conspiracy theories. But take a look around. We are quickly sliding into the new normal of vaccine passports, forced vaccines in order to have a job, mass censorship, and the continued erosion of personal freedoms and liberties and human dignities, uh, not just in the United States, but all over the planet. A world where even asking questions or questioning the narrative automatically puts a target on your back. And I just mentioned microchips now. Uh, I'm not... I'm um, Definitely not want to say that the vaccines have microchip implants. I'm not going to say that. But isn't it funny that we're in the midst of a microchip shortage at the same time that two billion humans have been vaccinated? I'm not saying there's a connection there, uh, but it's a strange bit of timing to say the least. And I feel the need to stop and say something here, uh, which is sad that I even have to say this. Uh, But for those who don't know it yet, uh, Donald Trump is not a savior. Trump, who recently said he wouldn't have had to mandate vaccines because he could sell it to the American people. Trump, the salesman, who said he would have been able to sell vaccines. And not just any vaccines, but his Operation Warp Speed Miracle Vaccines. If you don't think Trump is one of a multitude of politicians who has stock in vaccine manufacturing, you're crazy and you're living in an illusion. Trump, who last year made the controversial statement when he was still president, that he would utilize the military to distribute vaccines all across the United States. I don't know, it sickens me to still see memes every day and statements from the extreme right that Trump needs to be president again, Trump will save us, uh, Trump will make America great again, Uh, Again, (sighs) Trump is chosen by God, and God bless Trump. I still see reports from QAnon that Trump will be reinstated, and JFK Jr. is still alive, and Trump will be crowned the king of kings and ruler of the planet. Folks, that's that's just crazy talk. This is reality TV star Donald Trump we're talking about here. Donald Trump with more six degrees of pedophilia connections than pretty much anybody else I can think of. He's had more sexual misconduct and rape allegations against him than pretty much anyone else I can think of. Sure, we can say that some of it is fake news, but that some of the allegations are lies. Uh, Some of the business connections to convicted pedos, it's just a big coincidence. But all of it? It's a matter of fool me once, shame on you, but fool me two times and three times and four times and 27 times, shame on me. Uh, people are living in a fantasy land when it comes to Donald Trump. I firmly believe Trump was part of the New World Order crew, but he just wanted to do the New World Order in his own way or have a bigger influence on the shape of the New World Order uh, than the other powers that be would have liked. Trump is and has always been about Trump and the Trump brand and making money by all means possible and any means necessary regardless of how shady and unethical it might be. Trump's association with Alan Dershowitz alone is enough to make me highly suspicious and highly question the ethics and company that Donald Trump keeps. This is the same Alan Dershowitz who defended Epstein. He wanted to defend uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, and he's on record as stating that the age of sexual consent should be lowered to 14 years old. Yet Trump handpicked Dershowitz as his own lawyer during his impeachment trial. Donald Trump who also considered pardoning the disgusting pervert, and his old friend, of whom he wishes well, Gislaine Maxwell. And let's not even get into the Zionist connections of Trump. Trump, for all intents and purposes, was considered the first Zionist president. A Zionist puppet. Trump's deep connection to Israel. Trump's deep connection to the U.S. evangelicals, who are heavily influenced by Israel. Trump's connection to the Rothschilds. So look, if Donald Trump runs for president again, And you want to vote for him, that's your freedom to do as an American. That's your choice and your decision. But make no mistake, he's pretending he's not, but he's just more of the same. Except with a spray-on tan, a bad hairpiece, and a big fake smile. He's an actor in a shill wrapping himself in the American flag and saying the things that those on the right side of the aisle want to hear. Trump, who spent more time as a Democrat in his life than as a Republican, has donated to the Clinton Foundation on multiple occasions had Bill and Hillary Clinton attend his wedding, endorsed Hillary Clinton for Senate, and once stated she was a good friend and he thought she would make a great president. That's the same Donald Trump we're talking about here, not to be mistaken. And until the American people realize there is really no difference between red and blue and left and right, when it comes down to the bottom line of power and money and influence, we're going to be stuck in a false paradigm with no escape, keep getting more and more of the same shit sandwich served up to us every four years, That's a pretend choice of only terrible, uh, too terrible, and lame options. Excuse me. When I see memes or comments of God bless Trump and he's still my president, or people who were already hanging Trump and 2024 flags uh, up on their houses back in January of 2020, I'm sorry that all I can see and hear is mental illness. Mental illness that's just as bad as those who are obsessing about every new COVID variant and keeping updated with all of the recommended boosters and who are wearing a mask at the Thanksgiving dinner table. Sheer mental illness on both sides of the aisle. Those who are from the extreme left or the extreme trumpeteers. And I'm definitely not talking about all Trump supporters here. Or, nor am I blaming Biden supporters either. I'm talking about the extreme supporters. The extreme supporters who live in a world of cognitive dissonance when it comes to saying anything negative about their political heroes and saviors. It's a sickness. It's willful ignorance. And who am I to judge? Because I'm, I'm mentally ill myself. I'm not ashamed to admit that I have undiagnosed and unmedicated mental illness. I'm not trying to dismiss or demean those who have mental health issues. But a lot of my personal mental health issues comes from having to deal with the bullshit taking place with the endless political division, COVID fear-mongering, and talk of Trump being God's chosen president. The endless left versus right medium bombardment, constant accounts of positive COVID cases or supposed death rates shot into our faces 24 hours a day, 7 days a week from every major news outlet and news feed. Let me tell you a little story. The place I work at. uh, It's beginning harder and harder to be at, and one of the reasons uh, is because of the endless, misinformed, left-right division and COVID fear-mongering coming from some of my co-workers. They're not bad people necessarily, but the other day I walk into work and the very first thing, the very first thing I hear when I walk in the door is, Well, I'm getting my booster tomorrow. I wouldn't have to get one if it wasn't for all these unvaccinated, Trump-loving white supremacists who are causing all of these new variants to emerge. Those were his literal words. And pretty much the same garbage he's been spewing for two damn years now. No matter how many times I tell him, I don't want to talk about it at work. And when I have something to add to the discussion, uh, something to add to the discussion or an opposing viewpoint, I'm called a conspiracy theorist. Or that I must be watching Fox News. And thus this projection of mental illness only adds to the collective of my mental illness and the mental illness of the world. A huge portion of people are fully content projecting their mental health issues onto everyone else around them at every opportunity, which in turn only keeps reflecting outward into society. For a whole lot of people over the past two years, I think topics uh, such as Trump and COVID have only given them an outlet. For a whole lot of mental illness to be taking a talking point to project onto others. You'll realize they really don't have much else to talk about. They love this. They love talking about COVID death rates and positive cases and how much they hate Trump. They love it just as much as the left likes talking about everything being racial. Everything's racist. Uh, Cancel culture. Two sides of the same stupid ass bird. Sorry, just a little example there. But anyway, I 100% guarantee that if Trump runs again, and if he wins again, things are just going to get worse and worse and worse. They're going to keep getting worse regardless of who wins. And sadly, the U.S. political system is a fucking joke filled with clowns and criminals and sociopathic narcissists and egomaniacs. And it's all too obvious that Trump is a sociopathic uh, narcissist and egomaniac. And he always has been. Don't get me wrong, Biden is absolutely terrible and he's senile, and he's fake, and he's a liar, and he is a racist. I'd rather have Trump as president than Biden as president. But they both absolutely suck. The candidates that we get every four years is a sad joke. It's always been a sad joke and a rigged game, but just gotten worse and worse and more and more obvious over the past 20 years. Until the American people stand up and speak up and demand better options and choices in the same two 80-year-old millionaires and billionaires or reality TV show hosts or career politicians with no actual accomplishments. We're going to keep getting the same shit show. And it's what we deserve for being weak-willed and weak-minded and gullible and easily manipulated. For being lazy and ill-informed and undereducated and over-opinionated. People thought Trump was the better option when compared to Hillary Clinton, and sadly, he was the better option. Nobody wanted Hillary Clinton for president just like nobody actually wanted Joe Biden. For President. It was all they had to offer. Trump is all the Republicans have to offer. It's sad and it's pitiful and it's tragic and it's pathetic. And it's what we're seeing in America today. And not just in America, but around the world. So you can think I'm a crybaby, snowflake, libtard, communist all you want, because I don't support or endorse Donald Trump. But I have dwindling time and patience for those out there who are equally part of the problem and not the solution, if they are avid sponsors of either hard-right or hard-left politics. They're trapped in an echo chamber. They're trapped in the Matrix. Speaking of the Matrix, I have no expectations, and I'm fully prepared to be disappointed, but I'm looking forward to the release of the new Matrix movie at the end of December. I'll definitely be tuning in the moment it begins streaming, just to see if there's any useful social commentary to be had there. Hopefully it's not just like pretty much everything else in the world these days, which is a hot load of propaganda uh, promoting some BS political narrative and ideology. Let's keep our fingers crossed that Matrix Resurrections lives up to the hype and its potential as a film with a message. And speaking uh, on the topic of the Matrix, uh, we're going to take a little departure here. Talk about something else that came out in 1999 same year the matrix film came out and that was a strange little computer game called omicron the nomad soul and the game was pretty well received at the time and perhaps uh most unique about omicron uh, the game is that one of the voice stars as well as the composer for the music in the video game uh, was none other than the legendary musician musician and artist david bowie and this was david bowie's only video game appearance And while I did remember that Billy had once done a video game, it was a person in our private Conspiracult group on Facebook uh, pointed out this little synchronicity a couple days ago. And I thought it was appropriate to mention it in today's episode because the plotline of the Omicron video game uh, was very, uh, very interesting, to say the least, and a little bit creepy. Uh, Here's a description from the Wikipedia page. Uh, Omicron, excuse me, uh, Omicron the Nomad Soul is an adventure game developed by Quantic dream and published by idos interactive it was released for microsoft windows in 1999 and dreamcast in 2000 the player can engage in unarmed and armed combat explore the three-dimensional environment of omicron city and talk with non-playable characters to progress the story it follows an investigation into a case of serial killings which unravels the supernatural truth behind the city's ancient history at the start of the game, the player is asked by an Omicronian police officer named Kale 669 to leave their dimension and enter Omicron within his body. After doing so, the player continues with the investigation of serial killings that Kale and his partner were originally working on. The player begins the investigation in the Enikba sector where they uncover information that suggests the serial killer they are looking for is not human, but actually a demon. Members of an apparent underground anti-government movement contact the player and confirm their suspicions. The investigation deepens and uncovers further information. Uh, One of Omicron's chief police commanders, uh, Commandant Gondar, is a demon pretending to be a human and luring human souls into Omicron from other dimensions by way of the Nomad soul. KL669 asking the player to help him uh, turned out to be a trap. Supposedly, if the in-game character dies, the real human playing the video game will lose their soul forever. Despite many assassination attempts on the protagonist's life by other demons working behind the scenes, uh, the player destroys Gandhar with supernatural weaponry, uh, after this brief victory, the anti-government movement is revealed to be, the named, uh, be named the Awakened, who invite the player to join them. They work in tandem with an ancient religious order led by Boz, a mystical being that exists in purely electronic form on the computer networks of Omicron. <clears throat> and to be noted here, it was the character of Boz in which David Bowie did the voiceover work. The Awakened referred to the protagonist as the Nomad Soul since they have the ability to change bodies at will. The Nomad Soul learns afterwards that what is going on in Omicron is merely an extension of an old battle between mankind and demons spearheaded by the powerful Astaroth. Astaroth, who was banished to the depths of Omicron long ago, is slowly regenerating power while using demons to both collect souls and impersonate high members of the government. The Nomad soul harnesses ancient magical technology in order to destroy Astaroth. They return to their own dimension and prevent their soul from being captured by demons. And like I said, the game was pretty well received at the time. Uh, Nominated for some awards. Had generally favorable reviews. And of course, as David Bowie is one of my all-time favorite musicians and artists, and as the concept of this game is rather strange and worth a mention, I want to play for you about a five-minute clip of all of David Bowie's dialogue from this game. You'll have to excuse me because all I have to record uh, this episode and all all these episodes on is my shitty, outdated cell phone. And I really can't adjust the levels here, but I think you'll be able to decipher the narration. Keep in mind here, we're listening to the following uh, when you're listening to this, that the communication is coming from a computer-generated version of David Bowie. His name is Boz in the game. And that the uh, pauses that he's making between statements is an answer to questions that is being asked by the main character, uh, which comes in the form of dialogue options that the player can choose at the bottom of the screen. And the appearance of Bowie in the game Omicron uh, reminds me a lot of the uh, beautiful, surreal artwork from the Bowie-inspired Starman tarot deck that came out a couple years ago. Anyway, if you're a Bowie fan, or a fan of weird video games in general, I recommend looking at the clip yourself. It's available on YouTube. So once again, I apologize for the bad audio quality, uh, but here's the full narration uh, by music icon David Bowie from the game Omicron. Uh, from 1999, of which he also provided the soundtrack.
2: So here you are, a stranger in Omicron. Dakabar told me much about your exploits. You're not the first video game your soul trapped in this dimension but you're certainly the first to stay alive so long. They're now in Astaroth's reservoir of souls. Better to die a thousand deaths than end up there. Astaroth was locked up in a cage for thousands of years, my crucial the hero of the kobold was. Now that he's free, the demon needs to build up his power again, because it dwindled over the centuries. To do so, he needs souls. Thousands of souls. He derives his power from suffering souls. They endure infinite tortures in the reservoir. It's Is this endless suffering that will enable him to recover his former power the souls here are gray and withered can't get much power from them the juiciest souls are in your dimension asteroth created the video game called omicron in order to capture them the game you're playing at this very moment Uses Omicron to attract souls. He asks players to put their spirit into a body in order to enter our dimension. As soon as the soul has come here, it only takes a demon to catch it and take it to Astaroth, who condemns it for all eternity, which very nearly happened to you. No, unfortunately. As long as your soul is a prisoner in Omicron, you run the risk of being caught by a demon and thrown into the reservoir. The only way to save your soul is to kill Astaroth, but nobody knows where he hides, not to mention how to go about killing him. There might be a way to find out more about Astaroth. There's an old parchment that comes from the Kobold Wars. It mentions Astaroth. Perhaps it says something about how to destroy the demon. The parchment is in the central library of Omicron under strict guard at the top of the pyramid. Go to the library and gather together all the information you can find on Astaroth survival of your soul is at stake. Legate Reshev protects everything that dates from the cobalt walls. He still hopes to discover some secrets of the ancient art. All access to these documents is forbidden. The library is in the Lahore sector. You'll need a pass to get there. You'll find one somewhere in this house. I placed Jenna at the head of Phalanx 5 to replace Namtar the traitor. I asked her to give you all the help you need. Something tells me you can help us achieve our goal. An old legend recounts that only a nomad soul can hunt the demons out of Omicron. You may be the one we have been waiting for. I must go. Now the binary tides are turning. May Vygramuka guide your steps. Wake up, people of Oligron. Reshev and his corrupt government are lulling you to sleep in order to transformed you into puppets that are manipulated by Ix and the demons. Join the awakened ones and rise up to fight for your freedom. Together we can win. All the inhabitants of Omicron are now awakened. The trusts have been destroyed. The last skirmishes are ending in the streets. We have had an extraordinary victory which our descendants will recount from generation to generation, and we owe this victory to you, Nomad Soul. You helped us win back our freedom. For us all, you are now a legendary hero, like Kushalane before you. I shall try to take on material form again, and leave this accursed network that has kept me prisoner for centuries. Thank you for all you have done for us, Nomad Soul. I'll never
0: forget you. Okay. So it was nice to have an excuse to play a little David Bowie clip there for you. Uh, and long story short, if you couldn't tell, the game uh, was about the Nomad Soul who saves the dimension of Omicron from rebellious demons led by the dark god Astaroth who is stealing souls in order to become more powerful and is replacing high-ranking politicians with demons. Sounds a lot like real life to me. And we can not at least not make a mention of a 1963 Italian film, which was called the Omicron Variant, which was about an alien who possessed a person in order to figure out how to fit in with humans so his race could infiltrate, come to Earth, and conquer the planet. So yeah, there was a 1963 Italian film that was called the Omicron Variant, And that doesn't sound so far off from reality either. Um, One last thing to mention about Omicron. Uh, It's an article from Today. Uh, It states that experts expect that the Omicron variant will be the dominant COVID variant in the next three months. And while they don't know how effective current vaccines will be against it, they still encourage everybody to get their two shots and a booster and to make sure to get all children vaccinated because Omicron is more easily transmissible in children. And, of course, Pfizer says it'll have a new vaccine to fight Omicron in the next three months. And Biden's, Biden is telling businesses to ignore the law and just go ahead and enforce vaccine mandates for their workers. I swear to God, y'all, you could have you written this exact script and scenario a year or two ago. A so-called, uh, quote-unquote, conspiracy theorists, we were warning about all this exact shit almost two years ago, just at the very start of lockdowns. But back then we were being called dangerous anti-science Trump supporters and were blocked and flagged and banned on social media for talking about mandatory vaccines and vaccine passports in order to enter businesses or to travel and the arrival of new variants whenever they needed new vaccines to push on the populace and more media fear-mongering and hype. What else do we simply have to talk about today before we close out this episode? Well, I guess that would be the trial of pedophile scumbag, Ghislaine Maxwell. We're now in day three of the trial as I record this episode. And really nothing new has come out yet. There's been no new information that we didn't already know about. And there's already some very suspicious stuff going on uh, with the Biden-appointed judge in the trial, as well as uh, shady connections to the prosecutor. Let me say this, whatever happens, whatever happens in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, I honestly don't think much is going to come from it, at least in terms of prosecution of... uh, Big names like Bill Clinton, uh, Hillary Clinton, or other politicians and celebrities. I think some names will be brought up, but I really don't think lawsuits will be pursued against these high-profile people who flew on the Lolita Express. Maybe I'm wrong. But whatever happens in the trial of Ghislaine Maxwell, I don't think there will actually be any justice. I think Epstein was a middleman in the world of human sex trafficking, and nowhere near the biggest fish in the game. He was just a player. And look into it, if you will, the very credible and compelling line of thought and research uh, that might link Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell to the Israeli Mossad and Israeli intelligence agencies. There's some viable threads of research which would seem to indicate a distinct possibility that Epstein was a Mossad asset, um who was being used in order to entrap and blackmail high-ranking politicians uh, through the use of sex trafficking. Do you think we'll ever talk about that possibility in the Maxwell trial? It's highly doubtful. Do you think that whatever happens to Ghislaine Maxwell will have any impact on the fact that it's estimated there are about 30 million people on the planet who are currently slaves in human trafficking and sex trafficking situations And about 7.5 million of them are children being exploited for sex and forced marriages. And that the annual uh, revenue of human trafficking, global human trafficking, is estimated to be about $150 billion a year. Let me repeat that and let that sink in. There's about 30 million people on the planet who are currently slaves in human trafficking and sex trafficking situations about 7.5 million of them are children who are exploited for sex and forced marriages, and that the annual revenue of global human trafficking is estimated to be about $150 billion annually. Now ask ourselves, do we think uh, anything will really change with the prosecution of Ghislaine Maxwell? You would hope so, but it's highly doubtful there will be any huge revelations or groundbreaking information uh, that comes out from this trial. I hope they lock her up and throw away the key or just sentence her to a public execution because she serves no purpose as a human being and it's just a waste of space and taxpayer dollars. But whatever the outcome, I don't see it having much impact on the global trade of human trafficking and sex trafficking. Maybe it's raised some awareness on the issue, but I'm not sure that's really enough to fight it. And that doesn't mean we don't keep trying to fight it. And I recommend you go back a few episodes of Middle Pop Check out the show where we did uh, nothing but talk about human trafficking stats and figures and information uh, for about an hour and a half. And since this is the year-end episode, I'd like to take a moment to go back and remind listeners of some of the topics we talked about uh, and dedicated entire episodes or segments to over the past year. We did an entire episode on human sex trafficking, as well as an entire episode on the U.S. eugenics movement of the early 20th century. Uh, We've done entire episodes on the topic and research regarding black holes, as well as ancient and prehistoric cave art, and the first religions and mythologies. We did four damn episodes and six hours worth of information, talking about nothing but the history of supernatural horror in mythology, religion, literature, and films. We talked about some strange theories, including the One Electron Universe, Expanding Earth Theory, and ask the question of whether or not the biblical Moses was actually a priest of the Egyptian pharaoh Akhenaten. We've talked politics and current events. And yes, we've talked about COVID, COVID, COVID until my ears started bleeding. I've tried to offer a diverse range of topics every week or two in this program. And I hope to continue that in the tradition uh, when we kick off season two of Middle Pop uh, sometime in January of 2022. And since we're going to have about a month with no new episodes... Unless something crazy happens and I feel the need to do a bonus episode before the end of the year, I encourage you to keep up to date with my little blog uh, over at uh, www.mentalpop.space. www.mentalpop.space, or you can find me at Mental Pop 31 on Facebook, as well as our private group for discussion at Conspiracult on Facebook. Likewise, please feel free to hit me up with feedback, critique, Uh, show suggestions, guest suggestions, if you'd like to appear as a guest yourself, if you'd like to host a segment on this show. If you're a band or a musician, you'd like to have your music featured, I'd love to hear from you. And if you're feeling generous and you really want to financially support my endeavors, uh, which helps keep uh, this show going and the website up, and we'll also go towards the new publication of a zine that I'm working on, you can check out over 300 pieces. That's right, over 300 pieces of my original artwork which are available for purchase at www.geneticmemory.online. That is geneticmemory.online. I feel like there's more I need to say, or that I should say, uh, since this is the final episode of the year. Uh, But I'm trying to keep these shows at about an hour, and I think we're about there right now. So I guess I'll leave it with happy holidays. Merry Christmas and happy new year. And I hope everyone has a safe and wonderful time with friends and family. So again, happy holidays, happy new year, and I hope next year is better than this one has been, because it's been a real, a real shit show. It's probably going to be more of the same in 2022, or possibly uh, even get worse, but we'll go on that adventure together, won't we? So until next time, my friends, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for your support over the past year. Uh, Thank you for those who have given feedback. Uh, Love me a message over at Mental Pop by clicking the microphone icon. You can leave me a voice message over there up to 90 seconds. I'm looking forward to some new and interesting surprises for next year. So see you on the flip side. And until then, peace profound. There is a
1: point. Is there a point to all this? Let's find a point. Is there a point to my act? I would say there is. Take all that money we spend on weapons and defense each year and instead spend it feeding, clothing, and educating the poor of the world, which it would many times over. Not one human being excluded and we can explore space together, both inner and outer, forever in peace.